asking the right questions will unlock your best life. They are the keys to enjoying more clarity, passion, balance, and confidence. Hi, I'm Todd Parker. And I'm Bridget Sampson. We're certified executive and life coaches, communication professors, trainers, consultants, and most importantly, parents. We're also dear friends who love diving into those deep conversations about life, relationships, family, and careers. All things about being a curious and compassionate human on this planet. So please join us, and we know you'll find something valuable that resonates with wherever you are on your journey. Welcome back, everybody. It is Todd Parker here with my co-host and friend and colleague and just all around great person, Bridget Sampson. How are you doing, Bridget? Thank you, Todd. I feel the same way about you. I am doing well. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today. Same, same. I'm always excited. I think today is is a um, a slight departure from the way we've done things in the past. Uh, I'm going to be interviewing Bridget somewhat. Of course, everything's a discussion, but we each have our own, you know, areas of expertise and things we're, we're quite knowledgeable about. So we wanted to make this setup a little different. And I'm going to be doing a little Q&A with Bridget around something that she knows very well, something we use in coaching, something we use ourselves in our own lives. And that's why I'm just and I think you could probably hear it in my voice, so excited to be sharing it with you because I know that when I learned about this, it had a profound impact in my life. I still use it to this day. So if you, if you feel the excitement, you, you hear the passion in my voice, hopefully I'm not distorting in your headphones. I'm really excited to be bringing this conversation and these concepts to you today. So what's the question? The question we brought for you today is, how can I stop shooting all over other people? How can I stop shooting on others? And how can I stop shooting perhaps on myself? That's right, Todd. And I do want to make sure our listeners are clear. The word that you're saying is S-H-O-U-L-D <laughs> because it could be misunderstood. Yes, shooting. Right. Shooting, like, sh- you know, but you still, sh- you should all over yourself. You know, you sh- you're shooting in your mind. Go on, Bridget, you, you tell them what it's all about. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much, Todd. And I am so passionate about this concept. As you know, we both are. We've had lots of conversation around it. And I have to give credit. The concept that I'm about to share comes from the Life Coach School, Brooke Castillo, who is brilliant. And I went through her certification program for life coaching. And the concept we want to share today with our listeners is called the manual. And the manual, yes, the manual is a powerful metaphor. It's simple, but so powerful. The manual is the idea that we have this huge book of rules for each person in our lives, for ourselves, for people we don't even know, right? And it's, you should do this and you shouldn't do that. And you should be this way. And you should think the way I think. And you should say these things and you should never say these things, right? And for some people, we have volumes and volumes and what could fill bookshelves and bookshelves, right? I don't have any rules like that. No, no, I don't. Oh, no, Todd. Well, the funny thing is, as a coach, (laughs) we learned that everybody everybody's got their manuals. And the reality is all these manuals do is cause us suffering and create conflict. And they're just usually filled with really unreasonable expectations of other people that create a lot of difficulty in our lives. So that's the concept of the manual. And that's what I'm excited for us to talk about today. All right. So 
you know, I, and I'm going to unpack it with you. Of course, I know a bit about it, right? But I'm going to stay with the Q&A here. So you're saying that I have a manual. We all have manuals, volumes, maybe, you know, thousands of pages of volumes deep all around the way others should speak, the way they should act, what behaviors they should exhibit, how they should greet me, whether the door should be open, how they should load <laughs> yes. the dishwasher, where the car should be parked, how they should yes. uh, shower, where the lotion should be sitting, where, where the <laughs> bananas go. Is that what you're saying to me? Like they just God. for every person? It sounds like you are really familiar <laughs> with your manuals. <laughs> there's, there's a chance yes. that I've explored it a little bit. Yes, yes, exactly. And the funny thing is, we can have the same rule that's the opposite for one person in one manual than it is for another person. Because I like you, Todd, you can get away with saying something and I'll laugh and think it's funny. And Uh, if someone who I already have a negative bias about says the same thing, that's a no-no in my manual for them, right? And if we're honest about this, we do it a lot. And so... And to clarify, I don't just have a manual for myself and for like people I know and love. I also have a manual for strangers walking, walking around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For the stranger on the street, for the driver in front of you, Ah, (laughs) or athletes, celebrities, politicians, people in the news. Absolutely. These manuals just take up so much space in our minds. <laughs> I'm thinking of the manual I had last Sunday for the football coach when he called the wrong the wrong play. And I was like, you shouldn't have called that play. You should have called this play. Why would you There you that? go. Yeah. Uh, manuals, manuals galore. They're endless, right? <laughs> well, could you give the listeners examples of what this manual sounds like? Apply. Happy to. Yes. Let me give you some examples from just general everyday life situations, right? She should call me back when I call her. He should remember my birthday and text me on my birthday. She should have invited me to her party. He should support me better or more, right? She should listen to me for the same amount of time that I listen to her. He should tell me he loves me every morning, first thing when we wake up. She should make more money. He should spend more time with the kids. He shouldn't watch so much football or she shouldn't watch so much football, right? She should take out the garbage without me even asking. He should know what I'm thinking, right? It's endless. We have so many of these. And the truth is, Todd, people should do what they do and what they feel is right and what they want to do. And when we allow our emotional well-being, our feeling of peace and serenity in the world to be entirely dependent on what other people do and don't do and all these ridiculous rules in the manual, we're going to be in constant frustration, upset, conflict, difficulty when we don't need to be. Really, a mature adult realizes that we're in charge of our own feelings. Of course, we're in connection with others and Mm -hmm. our feelings are impacted (laughs) by our relationships. But a lot of the time we allow others behaviors that have nothing to do with us right? To upset us and to ruffle us and to to impact our peace when they don't need to. The reality about manuals is that we can a lot of times just throw them away and be at so much more peace, in so much more peace without them. Or we can certainly shrink them to be far less all-encompassing of our demands and dictates for other people. As you're saying that, I'm thinking of the, and I don't know where the saying comes from, but and I might botch it here, but, you know, and I'll, I'll try to paraphrase it, but something to the effect of like the pain you experience comes from the the distance between 
your expectations and reality, right? That that gap is where pain exists. And if we could, you know, and that's more of a, you know, Eastern, you know, philosophical thing. If you, if we give up our expectations, we'll suffer less. So that's right. Are you saying though, that we should not have expectations of others? No, of course not. Of course not. I would never say that. I think, and I also want to just say that in cases of mistreatment, abuse, where there's something really unhealthy going on and unfair going on, that needs to be addressed. And hopefully we have, we're equipped with the ability to speak up for ourselves and and make requests for what we need and what we feel is reasonable. But the key word is reasonable, right? Mm. That a lot of us have demands on other people that aren't really reasonable, right? So there are two really important coaching tools and life tools that are reasonable requests and boundaries, right? Mm. Let me use myself as an example and my husband, if I may. (laughs) And I'm assuming I have his permission, (laughs) right? So we've been married for 27 years. When we were initially married, oh, Todd, you would not believe the manuals I had for this poor man, just shelves and shelves and shelves of manuals. So (laughs) everything in there, right? When I get home for work, he should immediately ask me how my day was and he should remember what I was doing. He should remember that I had a really important presentation I was giving at work today and asked me how it went, right? And if he didn't, oh, he doesn't love me and I'm upset and I'm hurt, right? And he's not, doesn't care enough about me. The manuals were just ridiculous, right? So I, over the years, have learned that many of the things I was expecting from him, I should be able to provide for myself. There I go, shooting mm-hmm. myself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me say, I can provide for myself. It's up to me to be proud of myself when I do a good job. It's up to me to make myself feel better if I'm not feeling good about things or just to feel what I'm feeling. I would think, oh, it's my husband's job to make me feel better, right? Mm. I get to make myself feel, help myself feel whatever I want to feel and need to feel, right? So let's say there is something though that's really important to me, right? Like I have a request of my husband, please put away your dishes, right? After you eat something, don't leave your dishes in the sink, put them in the dishwasher. It's a silly little everyday thing, but I bet listeners out there can relate, taking out the trash, whatever it may be, right? So I say to Neil, hey, your dishes are in the sink. Can you please put them in the dishwasher? And he says, that's a reasonable request. That's an example here, right? I don't get mad. I don't, I'm not passive aggressive. And he says, oh, I'm busy right now. I'll do it later. That's the key moment where I get to choose, Todd. I get to choose what I think and feel, right? I can choose to go down the path and make that mean, well, he doesn't respect me and he doesn't care about me. I do so much more of the work, right? And just go off the deep end and be mean to him and critical. And I can go that way. Or I can choose to reframe the situation and think, well, you know what? He's really busy. He's right. It's no big deal. The dishes will sit in the sink for a couple of hours. He'll do it later. He's a wonderful husband, a wonderful father. He does so much for all of us. He's such a great person. And let it go and let mm. it go from my manual that he, that he, that, that I cannot be happy. I cannot be at peace. And he's not a good enough husband. If there are some darn dishes in the sink. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that was a wonderful example. I think Yep does provide excellent insight. What I'm taking away from it is that I'm allowed to have an expectation, certainly. I have mm-hmm. preferences and ways I think things should go. It's that when my emotional well-being gets jolted and thrown as a result of somebody else's choice, that I'm now disempowered. That's what I was thinking. Like I'm now giving up my power to somebody else's 
decision when I'm the one that made the rule in the first place. So to clarify, it's not that I can't, I can have expectations, but I have to recognize those expectations and then understand that I have a choice as to what that means to me and then what I do from there. Like you make, exactly. you could make it mean, you said reframing, I could make it mean that he's a, he doesn't care about me, right? He's a, a horrible husband that, you know, he's insensitive and he just doesn't get me, right? Why would, I'm not important. Or I could choose to reframe, get a couple different perspectives as to what might be going on here and then make a choice from there. Is that, am I getting it right? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And we could give countless examples. This is one I hear all the time, you know, she didn't call me on my birthday. Mm-hmm. So what, right? I can think, oh, well, she's a bad friend and she never thinks about anyone but herself, right? Or just she's really busy and she forgot to call. I'm going to call her and see how she's doing. She must feel guilty that she forgot to call, right? We always have the option to have multiple interpretations and we can usually choose an interpretation that's going to cause ourselves a lot less suffering and keep our relationships a lot more harmonious. Now, again, that doesn't mean you accept mistreatment, abuse, if it's an unhealthy relationship, if there's something that is going on that's really something that needs to be addressed, dealt with, or even that the relationship may be ended if it's Mm. such an unhealthy dynamic. Those are all options as well. Mm -hmm. So I can have expectations. I shouldn't accept mistreatment. I can have my preferences. But what I hear you constantly coming back to, or at least my interpretation of it, is that the control rests in me, that if I recognize my manual yes. and I can understand what my mind's doing and I can strive to reframe and come up with different perspectives, a couple different interpretations of whatever this behavior or these words mean, what I'm making meaning of, then I can be relieved in the moment and make a choice, right? Is this, yes. if it's a, a very intimate relationship, is this a deal breaker, right? Or mm-hmm. or do I want to let this one go, as you said, with the dishes? And because certain right. things we certainly shouldn't endure. But it seems like most reasonable, most things in the manual are quite reasonable. And then some portion of them are so outlandish that nobody will ever, ever meet them. And we right. got to be pretty, probably pretty aware of where it's tipping over the line and how that's affecting our relationships personally and professionally. Ah, Bridget, yes. I have a question for you. Yes. At least professionally. As a leader, we do a lot of coaching, a lot of leadership mm-hmm. coaching right, mm-hmm. with executives. And I mm-hmm. can just imagine some of our clients out there listening to this now going like, wait a minute, I can't have expectations of my employees. And I'll add to that as a father. Does that mean I can't, as a parent, I can't have expectations of like my children? I'm, aren't I supposed to mold them and guide them and should them in some ways? <laughs> you should and should not, right? So can you speak to right. a little bit about that, about that? Of course. Yes, Todd. It's a great question. And of course, you can have expectations and guidelines and even boundaries, which are mm. kind of an escalation of the reasonable request is drawing a boundary, which is saying, you know, I really would like for you to do this. And if you don't, this is going to be the consequence. And that can be done in a very loving way. I always remember, again, my teacher, Brooke Castillo, talking about either I think her mother or her mother-in-law, who would always come over unannounced. I'm just going to come and see the kids and play with the kids. And it was really (laughs) difficult because she would have other plans and they would be running out the door. And so she finally said, look, if you're going to come over, you have to announce it. You have to let us know ahead of time because we may have other things going on. We may be busy. We might be in the middle of something. And she said, and if you don't announce it and you just come over, I'm not going to answer the door. 
That's a boundary. I thought, wow, that's so powerful to be able to say that. And then you have to actually follow through on it, right? And do what you say you're going to do. Same thing with our kids. If you say to your kids, you can have two pieces of candy and that's it. And five minutes later, they're crying and saying, I want more, I want more. You're hopefully not going to just say, oh, fine, have the whole bag, eat the whole pantry full of candy, Right. right? We have to have these boundaries. Same with those who are managers. It's of course expected that you're going to have your OKRs, whatever you call them, right? Your the expectations of your team members. What are they working toward? What are their goals? What are the metrics that we're measuring those by? And what happens if they don't meet up to those metrics? I personally believe that we can do all of this with kindness with understanding on all sides for the why, the reasons why these things are important. You can't eat a whole bag of candy because it's unhealthy. You have to hit these sales numbers because this is what we've decided the company needs and is reasonable for us to Mm -hmm. expect of you, right? That there's really respectful conversation around all of it, but that there are also boundaries. You know, if Mm. you don't improve this performance on the job, we will look into beginning to create a performance improvement plan, a PIP, as we know it, Todd, right? right? And right. But all in kindness and open conversation and in the interest of everyone involved. So I'm going to go back to something you said earlier, because I'm what I'm taking away again from this idea of being a parent or being, you know, a, a leader is that I, again, don't want to give away my power, my emotional well-being to say the events and the decisions of my employee and my staff or of my colleagues or of my children. So the way I and part of one of the hallmarks of leadership is your emotional intelligence and the ability to Mm -hmm. to control oneself in these situations. So I'm connecting the dots to think like, well, I can be a better leader, right, if I recognize Okay, I have these expectations and I set clear boundaries that I don't have to be rocked emotionally or moved emotionally each time when something goes a little bit different than the expectations set. I have boundaries in place. I have expectations in place. And then I can deal with them as such, but in a somewhat more detached from an Eastern philosophy standpoint, a more detached manner. Exactly. Because, Todd, what we know is that that will happen. (laughs) Every day, someone, many people will not follow our manuals. They are living their own lives. It's not about us. People are making their own decisions and choices and mistakes and Mm -hmm. great choices as we all are, right? And we make it about us, right? And so often it's not, right? So I've worked with so many managers, I know you have too, who are understandably, and I give them credit, you know, devastated when their team members don't meet right. their expectations and right. they have to Well, they see it as sometimes an affront on them. Right. And really, it's just maybe that person had too much going on personally. Maybe the work was too much for them. Maybe the work isn't a good fit for them. And they're realizing that they went into the wrong career and they're reevaluating everything. It probably has nothing to do with you being a good manager and clearly setting the expectations. Or it could, you know, we have to take responsibility when it is when it is you know, something that we could have had control over, had an impact on. But the whole point about manuals, I think we've made it clear, is that we tend to have way too much in our manuals. We need to really thin them out (laughs) to what are reasonable expectations. Some of those expectations, many of them are things we can fulfill ourselves in emotional maturity and responsibility for our own feelings. Many of them are, are reasonable expectations, but at the same time, the person's just not going to follow them. So we can stop 
hitting our head against a brick wall and say, oh, okay, I don't have to be upset about this anymore. This person's just not going to do what I would like them to do. So I can walk away. I can not be in that relationship or I can just let them be, right? Right. Right. So thin out those manuals, free yourself of them. This is for your own peace and sense of well-being and freeing up your mind and your heart for better things to put your energy into, right? And reframe. Think about, as Todd said, the multiple interpretations in any situation. We tend to immediately go to the interpretation in our manual, right? There's a list of do's and a list of don'ts, and that person did something on the don't. But wait a minute, maybe there are many, many different lenses to view this through. And we can, again, free ourselves from those rigid rules and expectations that just cause so much harm in our relationship. So how do I stop shooting on others? How do I stop shooting on myself? I hear you saying I have to recognize my manual that's thousands of pages, if not volumes deep. I have to not just recognize it, but being aware of it, start to hopefully thin it out. Now, I want to call out the elephant in the room for a second. We're not saying you should or should not do this. We're offering a tool, a resource, ideas, right, that have had value in our own lives and that we see have great value in our coaching clients' lives, right? But we're not attached. Our emotional well-being isn't attached to whether or not you pick up the tool or don't, but we would love to know what happens, but I'll get there. So I aware of the manual, I shed some of the unreasonable stuff. I'm aware of when it pops up with this person, with that person in this situation. Then I come up with a couple, as it's going on, a couple different interpretations for what might be going on in the moment to ask myself perhaps another additional question. What am I making this mean? I heard you say earlier as a way of pulling out and sort of objectifying the moment and then make a choice from there, but to not let the power rest with the other person as to whether they do or do not follow the manual and and to empower myself by not placing my emotional well-being in in the hands of someone else or some other situation. That's right. That's a perfect summary, Todd. And I do just want to add that in coaching, it's a great opportunity to reveal your manuals because often we don't even know all that's in our manual. And we start talking about why are we so angry at someone? Why are we so upset about a situation? And we realize there are all these manual rules, right, that we weren't aware of. And know that your coaches, as Todd and I are as coaches, should be judgment-free. There should be no judgment. Well, you shouldn't have that in your manual. It's just looking at it and bringing it out into the light and seeing what it's creating and how you might want to, as you said, Todd, empower yourself a little bit more, not to be so crushed and crush others under the weight of these manuals. So know that there's no judgment in what we're sharing, nor would there be in coaching. It's just awareness and empowerment. Well, Bridget, as you know, everybody, and you've heard me use this saying before, everybody's got their backpack full of crap, right? We're wearing that invisible backpack full of crap. Crap's good and bad. It's always there. It's all all the life experience, all the lessons from TV, video games, parents, grandparents, you know, church, everything that is influential in our lives, right? And it's always sort of coloring and shading the way we see what's going on. So being aware of where that manual came from is certainly important and a question that you should answer for yourself at some point, either with yourself or with someone else. But that's not what we do in coaching. What we want to do is see what it, how it plays out in the moment. 
How does it show up? And then set goals into the future as to how we're going to account for and be more intentional rather than reactive now that we have this knowledge and we start to see the way this is affecting our relationships and the way we behave. Well, gosh, Bridget, I feel like I've got a a good firm grasp on how to stop shooting all over myself and other people. I really, truly appreciate you sharing, your being vulnerable and sharing your own personal examples with all of us and really just using yourself as a tool, right? As an example to enhance our lives and to build up the lives of, of all of our, of our listeners. So thank you for sharing all this with us. I appreciate you. My pleasure, Todd. Thank you for the great questions and the fascinating conversation as always. It was a pleasure. So we'll look forward to hearing from you out there. Listeners, please give us some feedback. Let us know how the manual shows up in your life. Let us know how the concept does or does not affect you moving forward. And if you want some more information on it, check out the tools mentioned in the podcast. As always, have a great rest of your week. Be good people and make good choices. Hey, thanks for listening to the Right Questions podcast. We hope this episode sparked something that fuels your own inquiry and transformation. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. If you want to learn more about the work we do and how it can benefit you, check out our website, samsoncoachingandconsulting.com. And connect with me on Instagram at the Bridget Sampson. And you can find me at Todd Parker Official. We'll catch you next week. Until then, dare to ask the right questions.